Hello friends, welcome to God's Eagle Ministries. At God's Eagle Ministries, through our web portal at otakada.org, we are seeding the nations with God's word, and God himself is transforming lives through the timeless truth in his word. Um, and uh, we're reaching different continents so on our Facebook, social media uh, platform, and around the world, Africa, um, America, Latin America, and um, Middle East and Asia, Europe. And we're asking that you join us in prayer to cause these words that have gone out to begin to ride upon uh, the wings of the Spirit into the hearts and the minds of people around the world so that they will look up to Him whom was crucified, to Him that was crucified for our sins, for access to the throne room of God. In the name of Jesus. So I pray now. Uh, the title today, we're focusing on, on um, iron sharpens iron. And the title today is in the series of perfect words, perfect works, and perfect wonders. What is the meaning of iron sharpens iron in Proverbs 27 17? For profitable principles and profiles of iron sharpens iron. Plus, why do we need pruning? Is it for everyone? How do you find out how to be effective as iron in your relationships? Plus, activate your spiritual eyes, ears, perception, and reception. So before I ride on and go on, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for this moment. Thank you for you are everywhere. You see all things. There's nothing that is hidden before you. It says the number of our days are numbered before you. You have a plan. You have a purpose for every one of us that is detailed, that is precise, that is to the point. And so, Heavenly Father, even this moment, that even as we send your word out, I ask that you seed the hearts and the minds of people. Let it go to the dividing asunder of souls and spirits and bones and marrow of these people. That they will be activated to do the things to be the things that you call them to be and do the things that you call them to do. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I hide myself behind the cross. I ask that every mountain be removed in the name of Jesus. I ask that valleys be raised in the name of Jesus. And I ask that the crooked path be made straight in the name of Jesus so that this word can have the impact and the transformation that is needed amongst us Christians and the body of Christ and also uh, those who have not encountered uh, the Father in the name of Jesus. Thank you for answer prayer in Jesus' name. So today, um, again, is perfect words, perfect works, and perfect wonders. It was last year during the second 40-day fast that the Lord began to flash to me, perfection, perfection. This year, we're going to continue to do this word, perfect words, perfect works, and perfect wonders. Whatever works we do that does not line up with the words, there's a question mark. Whatever works we do that does not line up with the word of God, there's a question mark there. And if we do it halfway, there's also a question mark because our God is a God of perfection. He told uh, Abraham, Abraham, my friend, walk before me and be thou perfect. Okay, and God is calling us to the position, place of perfection. He's not calling us to sacrifice. Sacrifice is great, but obedience is key. Obedience all the way to perfection. And may God help us to achieve this goal 
in these times and seasons in the name of jesus today is wednesday 19th of january 2022 okay Takada content count is two million two hundred and twenty thousand five hundred and uh today uh dear friends thank you for uh, for the awesome feedback the lord's blessings rest upon you i may complete that which he has started in your lives in jesus name amen today our focus is on iron sharpens iron for those of you who will still like to provide feedback, you go on our website and just type in feedback or, or uh, volunteer or partnership and you'll uh, be led to those contents will come out there. Now, if you missed our last post titled Perfect Church Ministry under the, 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 the series of Perfect Words, Perfect Works and Perfect Wonders, uh, the ministry Jesus Way, true story of, a past, of Pastor Jude Jones, who fainted during church service and encountered in the courtroom of heaven of nine paths for your edification, transformation. It was an equipping series. It's also all there. You can get it. Now, concerning today's title, Perfect Words, Perfect Works, and Perfect Wonders, what is the meaning of iron sharpens iron in Proverbs 27, 17, plus four profitable principles and profiles of iron sharpen iron that you need to know and for your application? Plus, why do we need pruning? Is it for everyone? How do you find out how to be effective as an as a sharp an iron sharpen as a sharp iron in your relationship? I repeat that. Why do we need pruning? Is it for everyone? And how do you find out how to be effective as a sharp iron in your relationship? Plus, activate. In this series, we're going to activate your spiritual eyes, ears, and perception, perception and reception. Uh, in, in the realm of uh, the spirit. I'd like to start with the last question of why do we need pruning? Is it for everyone? How do you find out how to be effective as an iron in your relationship plus activate your spiritual eyes, ears, perception and reception? For this I give you an assignment. I want you to identify relationships that matter to you either as a future wife or husband or present wife or husband ministry partners, business partners, boyfriend or girlfriend, your church leader, pastors or president of your nation. I want you to declare seven days prayer and fasting on those relationships if they matter to you. Now this prayer, if you have never seen into the realm of the spirit through dreams, visions, trance, open visions, this prayer will activate it and if you want to move into a whole new level in the realm of the spirit, join the exercise. Now very important to note, because most of the time, most of the issues, the obstacles that we face in life is in the realm of our minds. So I'd like to clear this, that every human being, Christians inclusive, have capacity to see, hear, perceive, and receive input and output into and out of the realm of the spirit. Because you and I are spiritual beings, and life is spiritual. We had these senses before the fall. Jesus has been restored. We have access to him. We can activate it through the Lord Jesus Christ or through the realm of the demonic or through our free will, we can access the realm of the spirit. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in the physical realm without first manifesting in the spiritual realm. Let no one kid you. You can see, hear, perceive and receive from the spiritual realm. The difference between you and those who see naturally is because of the frequency of use. It is called dormancy for those who have not exercised these spiritual senses. And because of focus, the more whatever we focus will become. If we focus more on God, we begin to key into the realm of the spirit. If we focus more on the things that are on this earth and the money and all of that, that's what we're going to, that will be our experience. 
Now let's read Hebrews 5:14 and Hebrews chapter 6 verse 3 to verse 3. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full of age, even those who by reason of use of their senses exercise to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptism, of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this will we, we will do, if God permitted. God also have given prophetic gifts and other components of fivefold ministry gives a heightened capacity to see into the spiritual realm because of the responsibility of those offices. Those offices, especially the prophetic, should equip others to see as they see because God said, My people are destroyed for lack of vision, lack of knowledge, which are abundantly available in the realm of the spirit as our spiritual senses are activated and can be assessed by those who have been trained by those equipping ministries. Let's read Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no more priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. In Proverbs 29, 18, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So we see there that the ability to see into the spirit of the visions and the plans and purposes of God are crucial, are fundamental to our Christian work and work with Him. This is an angel, this is an angle of discipleship. Yeah, this is an angle of discipleship, discipleship that we, the fivefold church folks, have ignored to the detriment of the few who are overworked and were used to their own fault. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13 to 15, Amplified Bible Classic Edition, Till I come, devote yourself to public and private written, to exhortation, preaching, personal appeals, to teaching, instilling doctrine. Do not neglect the gift which is in you, that special inward endowment, which was directly imparted to you by the Holy Spirit, by prophetic utterances when the elders lay their hands upon you at your ordination. Practice and cultivate and meditate upon these duties. Throw yourself wholly into them as your ministry, as, as your ministry, so that your progress may be evident to everyone. Purpose of fasting. You fast. That is awesomely good. It is not because you want God to be pleased with you your fasting activities. You fast so that your spirit, your soul, and your body will come into alignment or harmony. Too much distractions in our realm today. So that when you issue declarations of what you have been shown or seen or heard or perceived or received in the realm of the spirit, there will be an absolute reaction in the realm of the spirit that will impact and affect the reaction in the physical realm. I don't care if it is concerning marriage, children, business, politics, uh, politicians, your country, nation, the world, relationships, enemy, or anything else for that matter. Activation of spiritual eyes, ears, intuition, perception, and reception. Let's go there. Now, to do that, you pray and declare this now. No space, time, or distance in the realm of the spirit. It is a fact. Now, let's all go. You repeat after me. My Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. Thank you for loving me and giving me access to your throne. Anytime, any place, anyhow. Thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, that granted me that access 
because of the price that was paid through his sinless blood for my sins. More importantly, thank you for the authority that you have, that you have vested on me to make a difference in my world. I come into your presence with boldness to activate my spiritual senses for effectiveness. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. Father, I have some names here that I want to be a sharp iron in their lives. Spirit of the living God, the revealer of secret things, show me some critical information about me that I need to know to be an effective iron. Next, show me this person. Put the name of the names there so that I can be a sharp iron in this relationship or so that I can tell if this relationship is for me or not. I need to know, Lord, if you are sending me into their lives or them into my life and in what ways specifically or what time frame. You can expand that. You said in your word in Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. And in Jeremiah 29, 13, you said, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And in Matthew 7, 7, 7 to 8 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Your son said that. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who seeks, asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. And 1 Corinthians 13, 9 to 12. For we know in part, prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then I shall I know, even as also I am known. According to the above words of yours, I now activate my spiritual eyes, spiritual eyes open in the name of Jesus Christ, to pick up and see what the Holy Spirit is showing me right now. I receive clean and clear interpretation upon my mind with no distractions in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, activation of spiritual eyes, spiritual eyes open to hear what the Spirit is saying concerning me, this person or persons, that I can be an instrument sharp enough to make a difference in these or these people or persons' life in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Activate, activation of intuition, perception, and reception. And now activate my spiritual intuition, perception, and reception to discern, perceive, interpret, and receive spiritual vibrations or informations from the realm of the Spirit disclosed to me by the Spirit of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, I will not give you rest until this request of mine becomes a fruit in my life that others can testify those these patterns patterns to whom it pertains in Jesus' name, Amen. Now you are activated, my brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Continue this above daily until you see fruit of that uh, abiding for God's glory. Get a journal and start writing down things that come to you. Take them everywhere you go because messages can come at any time. And sometimes to recall them might be an issue. Sometimes it will light upon your mind as in Psalms 18 verse 28 For thou wilt light my candle The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness Some of these set of instructions Will be gentle, some are peaceful and Some have a sense of urgency With no coercion There is no fear and love 
Let's read 2 Timothy 1 7 says, For God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And 1 John 4 17 to 19. In this union and communion with Him, love is brought to completion, attains perfection with us, that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, with assurance and boldness to face Him, because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, dread does not exist, but full grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror, for fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love, is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. We love him because he first loved us. For perfect love casts out fear. As you and I obey and take action concerning those instructions and pencil down and form recipients of these messages or take action in obedience to do what you are told, more messages will start coming to you clearly like never before. If you refuse to take action because it is in actions that we grow in the things of the Spirit and in the things of God, I don't care if you have shown, if you have been shown that you are a healing evangelist or you are wired for children, if you don't take physical action towards what you are shown, your growth in the things of the Spirit becomes stunted, dwarfed, to put it politely. When the Lord said, pray for my leaders in church, I began to see things about church leaders that need to change. I began informing them for things that they are work that are working and those that are not, like the instructions given to John on the island of Patmos that he passed on to the churches. Sometimes I want to keep quiet, but the Holy Spirit keeps nudging me. I lose my peace at times if I don't obey in some cases because of the urgency. Some instructions I have written to the leader, especially on paper, and some I go directly to them or call them. If I start worshipping in a place not too long, the Holy Spirit begins to download information to me. The leadership needs to hear and take action for growth. God is loving. When we are productive, He wants us pruned to produce more. The process of pruning for growth can be painful and sometimes or oftentimes humbling because we think we are sufficient in ourselves and have no need to be spoken to. And when we refuse to grow, no pruning takes place. God has said in Genesis 5 that His Spirit will no longer strive with man. Just like leaders are messengers to others, they must be truthful and perfect in what they instruct uh, to followers of Christ, God will send messengers to them, the leaders, if he wants some growth as well. God had to send prophet Nathan when David, a man after God's heart, missed the mark. Did he repent? Of course it did, because David is a humble man, unlike Saul, who, because of people, missed the mark. Now let's read this Saul and uh, Samuel's and Saul's story. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 17 to 23, I read from the Amplified Bible Classic Edition. Samuel said, When you were small in your own sight, were you not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed you king over Israel? And the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord but swooped down from the plunder and did evil in the Lord's sight? Saul said, Saul said to Samuel, Yes, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agar king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took for the spoil sheep and oxen, the chief of the things to be utterly destroyed, sacrificed to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Samuel said, Has the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices and obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hacking than the fat of rams. 
For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as idolatry and teraphim or household good luck images. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Now read this about pruning and fruitfulness from Jesus' lips in John chapter 15, verses 1 to 7. I am the true vine, my father is a vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, he cuts away, trims off, takes away, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given, given you, the teachings I have discussed with you. Dwell in me, and I dwell in you. Live in me, and I live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in, being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bear much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch, and with us, such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire. They are burned. Seven. If you live in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your heart. Ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. When you bear fruits, much fruit, my Father is honored and glorified, and you show and prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. I have loved you, just as the Father has loved me. Abide in my love, continue in his love with me. If you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, you'll abide in my love and live on it. Just as I have abide, obeyed my Father's commandments and live on in his love. I have told you these things, that, you may, that my joy and delight may be in you, and that your joy and gladness may be your full measure, complete and overflowing. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. No one has greater love, no one has shown stronger affection than to lay down, give up his own life for his friends. You are my friends if you keep on doing the things which I command you to do. I do not call your servants slaves any longer, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, working out. But I have called you my friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. I have revealed to you everything that I have learned from him. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and I have appointed you. I have planted you, that you might go and bear fruit, and keep on bearing, and that your fruit may be lasting, and it may remain abide, uh, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, as representing all that I am, he may give it to you. This is what I command you, that you love one another. So you see, God prunes those he loves, and sometimes the things that make us fruitless are done in the secret. So God tries to warn us directly, and if we don't hear him, then he goes to our wives or husband, and if we don't hear, then he goes to our elders or other workers in the church. If we don't hear, then he sends a messenger from within or our iron sharpened iron denominational setting, or goes outside our setting. I've heard some pastors say, how come God did not tell me what you're saying, that he is now boycotting me and telling you? How come God did not tell me what you were saying or suggesting how come, or suggesting how come he does not bear witness with my spirit? I tell them, if you begin to see everything, then you have made yourself, you've made yourself God. Pride issues. Sometimes we have to, we have, we have uh, backslidden 
that we have grieved his spirit and so he stops communion with us. God knows why you cannot get everything from within your organization. God sees the body of believers as a whole, not some pent-up denomination. That was why when he spoke to the angels in the cities in the book of Revelation, he spoke to the leaders in the city, the Christian leaders gathering in totality in the city, not individual garden. Read this and look out what or where Jesus was directing, talking to one city, not individual gatherings of believers in the city. And so let's read that. Revelation chapter 2 verses 1 to 9. And I read, To the angel, messenger of the assembly or church in Ephesus, write, addressed to Ephesus, not several churches, just Ephesus, the whole city, representing the church in that city. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars, which are the messengers of the seven churches in his writing. Who goes about among the seven golden lapstones, which are the seven churches? I know your industry and activities, laborious toil and trouble, and your patience, endurance, and how you cannot tolerate wicked men, and have tested and critically appraised those who call themselves apostles, special messengers of Christ, and yet are not, and have found them to be impostors and liars. I know you are enduring patiently and are bearing up for my name's sake. You have not fainted or become exhausted or grown weary. But I have this one charge to make against you, that you have left abandoned the love that you had at first. You have deserted me your first love. Remember then from what heights you have fallen. Repent, change the inner man to meet God's will. And do the works you did previously when first you knew the Lord. Or else I will visit you and remove your lampstand from his place, unless you change your mind and repent. Yet you have this in your favor, that to your credit. You hate the works of Nicolaitans, uh, Nicolaitans, what they are doing as corruptors of the people, which I myself also detest. He who is able to hear, let him listen to and give heed to what the Spirit says to the assembly churches. To him who overcomes is victorious, I will grant to it of the fruit of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. And to the, and to the angel, messenger of the assembly church in Smyrna, write, these are the words of the first and the last who died and came to life again. I know your affliction and distress and present trouble and your poverty, but you are rich and how you are abused and reviled and slandered by those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. So we must let go of these walls of denomination that has become a barrier for growth in the body of Christ and begin to engage across denominational walls. So many Jews are no longer prunable because pride has gotten into their heads. So many have gone in the path of Balaam, who God had to use a donkey to redirect because Balaam was interested in money and rewards of ministry to the detriment of spiritual counsel. Read this in Revelation chapter 2 verse 14. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. You have some people there who are clinging to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to set a trap on a stumbling block before the sons of Israel to entice them to eat food that had been sacrificed to idols and to practice lewdness, giving themselves up to sexual vice. May the Lord direct us all back from our destructive path. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now let's look at the first part of our title today. Uh, uh, today, which says, what is the meaning of iron sharpens iron in Proverbs 27, uh, 17 plus? What are the principles of iron sharpens iron? The five, uh, four principles. Uh, in perfect words, perfect works, perfect wonders. What is the meaning of iron sharpens iron in Proverbs 27, 17 plus four profitable principles and profiles of iron sharpens iron? That's what we're taking now. 
uh, and we've done why do we need pruning is it for everyone how do you find out how to be effective as an iron in, in your relationship plus activate your spiritual eyes ears perception and reception there's an interesting and perhaps convicting illustration of both friendship and accountability found in proverbs 27 17 iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another in old testament times one iron blade was used to sharpen another blade until both became more effective tools this visual aid of a common implement of work or war provides a practical model for many human relationships we can see the connection to life and in that this verse and the principles it contains becomes quite useful and life related what is the meaning of iron sharpens iron in proverbs 27 17 iron sharpens iron plus four profitable principles and profiles of iron sharpens iron now the first four the first is a principle of relationship the concept of iron sharpening iron obviously implies at least to two pieces of iron it will be impossible for one tool to become sharper without the presence of the other left alone both blades will be dull and quite useless this simple proverb illustrates an important biblical principle god expects us to live and serve in a community of other believers see hebrews 10:25 and it desires for us to build loving and growing relationships with others. See 1 Thessalonians 2:18. The process of helping someone else improve their effectiveness absolutely requires a positive relationship. Earlier in this same chapter in Proverbs 6:4, it says, "Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy." We know this concept to be true. It is much better to accept godly advice or even constructive criticism from someone we know, someone we love, and someone we know that cares about us than it is from a stranger or simple acquaintance. We want to know that the person giving us the counsel has our best interests at heart. Friends may indeed wound us at times, but we can understand and appreciate their genuine motive. Conversely, the kisses from enemies fall flat. We can imagine their devious hypocrisy. That's why it is so important for each of us to build growing relationship with others in life. We all need people who can help us rub off the hard edges and who honestly have our best interests in mind when they do it. There are times when these sharpening conversations, even from loving friends, can come across as harsh, mean, or judgmental. But it definitely helps to know that these people care and that they have a genuine interest in helping us improve. Number two, the second principle of iron sharpen iron is a principle of accountability. Iron sharpen iron also requires a level of accountability or a personal inclination to allow significant, allow significant others uh, uh, look close enough into our lives so that they can see the specific weaknesses or problem areas. We're not perfect. We're work in progress. But some of the things in our life can be damaging and destructive that will affect God's credibility and accountability uh, for us. Remember when Nathan uh, came to meet uh, uh, David, when David backslid, when David uh, missed the mark. And uh, when God's message came to him, he said that you have given the occasion for the enemy to blaspheme. You have given the occasion for the enemy to blaspheme. God has his high standard for all his children. And he doesn't want us falling below that standard. So he will reach out overtly or covertly to get those information down to us in the areas of improvement that we need to get in. Accountability is not just simply asking another believer what Bible verse they read this morning in their devotional time. That's too easy. 
and it almost assumes the recipient of the questions will be dishonest in an attempt to take the pressure of the examination. Exchanges like these often are seen as trite and superficial. Genuine accountability demands that the person receiving the counsel or advice is willing to allow the friends to look for vulnerabilities in their lives, to accept what they point out and then do something to fix it when they hear it. These first two principles are important to apply today. We need a close relationship with other people we trust and respect to give them the concept to identify weak areas of our lives and then to address those areas with, your, with us. This is not just giving anyone the permission to go around with a critical and negative attitude that relies in pointing out the fault of others. The principle of accountability must mean that helpful and real conversation grow out of growing, loving, constructive relationship. Number three or four. Iron sharpens iron, a principle of motivation. Let's look at Proverbs 27, 17 again. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. This select Old Testament proverb contains an object of the sharpening action. One person can be used by God to help others. The incentive here was to be mutually beneficial. Both pieces of iron work must together, must, uh, iron work must together to accomplish the desired intent. That was a motivation. Both items needed sharpening. This leads us to a very valuable component of growing close personal relationship with other people. Relationships are never to be a one-way street. God honoring interpersonal connections are designed to help both parties grow in Christ-like maturity. Again, this process is not just pointing out perceived weaknesses in someone else. This sharpening must come with a heartfelt desire to help the other person. And in the process, receive some input that leads to personal improvement as well. Iron sharpen iron, a principle of willingness. The final principle also works in cooperation with the preceding one. Yes, both parties should, what, should want what is best for each other. But to build on that concept, there's an additional step. Whenever a good friend sincerely wants to help us grow, and it is obvious that they truly want what is best for us, then it is imperative for us to accept their counsel, advice, or constructive criticism with an attitude of willingness and acceptance of what they are telling us. It also behooves us to do whatever specific things we need to do to improve. There are times when even the most well-meaning friends can point out weak, even dangerous trends in our lives. However, that person, no matter how close of a friend they are, maybe may not understand or know what exact things that should be done to fix a situation. That's why situations like this should drive us back to the life-changing truth of God's Word. The Holy Spirit convicts and the Word of God sharpens. God can use the wounds of a friend to sharpen us, motivate us, and to provide some accountability for our lives. However, true victory and lasting progress come only from God himself. Hebrews chapter 4, 12 says, The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividings of soul and spirit and joy and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitude of the heart. The familiar verse in 2 Timothy 3, 16-7 shed some light on this. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Notice the progression steps in this text. Biblical principles are profitable for doctrine or the systematic teaching of God's word. But God's word is also beneficial or helpful for three other things, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. God can use the iron sharpened iron process 
of good friends to help us in our work for him. But most certainly, God will use the convicting power of his Holy Spirit and the word of God to rebuke us of the sinful and harmful practices in our lives. But God never just points out weaknesses without providing a solution. God's word will help us to correct the problem, provide the step-by-step instructions we need to go on living in righteousness. The iron sharpening iron process that Proverbs 27.17 provides is indeed a helpful and maybe even convicting part of a believer's life. We must highly value and build godly and growing relationships with our with other Christ followers who can exhort us to a closer walk with Him. But these relationships and resulting conversation and discussion must drive us back to the Word of God, where our loving and gracious Heavenly Father gives us true life-changing strategies. I hope and pray this message titled Perfect Words, Perfect Works, and Perfect Wonders, that's our series, What is the Meaning of Iron Sharp and Iron in Proverbs 27, 17 plus Four Profitable Principles and Profiles of Iron Sharp and Iron. But why do we need pruning? Is it for everyone? How do you find out how to be effective as iron in your relationship? Plus, activate your spiritual eyes, ears, perception, and reception. Has been a strong set of actionable instructions you can deploy on the mission field of your life. In Jesus' name, amen. So let us pray. Father, I have shared what you dropped in my spirit more than a week ago. Use these words to convict, to correct, to develop accountability circles within our relationship that will prune us for more growth in you and through your wonder working power in jesus name lord i also pray uh for those who we have prayed with for activation of spiritual senses father the word has gone out it shall not return void it shall come back with a testimony that you O god live and rule and reign in our midst and is willing to activate our spiritual senses so that we can see beyond the naked eyes so that we can be a, a, a good iron in an instrument in the in the lives of others and even in our own lives where we are missing it they are all in the realm of the spirit can be seen before a fall it's always seen in the realm of the spirit show us areas of fault lines in our lives as our spiritual eyes are open to a whole new level in the name of jesus thank you for a new day and a new dawn thank you for testimony shall abound for this message today that lives are transformed in the name of jesus that testimonies that will uplift you shall come forth to your own glory and to the shame of the enemy. I pray for as many that are ill even right now, those who are in bed, those who are uh, COVID, is ra- COVID is ravaging by the authority in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak to you, Omicron, whatever your name is, virus, I cast you to your root in the in the hearts of the people who are hearing me right now. I command be, be uprooted and be removed and cast away in the name of Jesus Christ. I lose health and healing to as many that are broken down right now as a result of this virus or any other sickness for that manner. I declare, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord God Almighty, I pray concerning Oshonia, the movement and the sea movement. I declare it is aborted and if it has to happen, life shall not be lost in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. It shall be mild in the name of Jesus. I proclaim it is mild in the name of Jesus. I proclaim again it is mild in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for everything. You come, you came that we might have life, an abundant life. I decree upon me and upon as many that are hearing me, abundant life is your portion in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.